The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. And welcome to the Offspin for the rarest of all Offspin episodes, one in which we can actually sit down and celebrate a, a major victory. I don't know if this has ever actually happened before. How old were we when New Zealand last won a series in England? I was nine. Yeah, we definitely weren't recording this podcast. Yeah, anymore. no, 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 we weren't. We weren't. Um, so New Zealand has just beaten England in a two-test series, uh, a, r- a remarkable effort. They made England look like a total rebel. Uh, to talk about it with us today, we've got uh, returning champion Sonia Gray. Thank you so much Thank for coming Thank you. I in. love the champion. Well, yeah, I think you might actually be the first person we've ever got back in for another episode. Yes, Exciting. thank you, you've made my day. The very cool thing is, though, Sonia first visited us as a you know, deeply passionate cricket fan and returns to us as a, uh, she doesn't want to use the word commentator, but, you know, oh, on-field, no, no, colour commentator. Colour commentator. <laughs> yes. like, I've had she, the she works of, in yeah. cricket. She, she yeah, has turned yeah, the passion have, into Yeah, a, yeah. I, I dip in. I dipped in over the summer, um, and it was awesome. It was quite terrifying. Because, you know, you're entering the house of cricket and here's me who's never played, doesn't know anyone, you know, loves the game. But it's a whole other thing mm-hmm. when you're actually talking about it and to these kind of your heroes, really. Um, it was interesting. My first game was uh, a T20 against the West Indies at Eden Park. And I saw Kyron Pollard and I just stopped in my tracks and was like, oh, my God, Kyron. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> you what up? And I was, Big fan, massive fan. I was just that kid in a candy shop. I was just like, because also the West Indies are so incredible, kind of, you know. Like, you know, BJ well, yeah, Watling doesn't yeah. stop you in your tracks oh, no, quite d- like no, Chiron no, 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 didn't, didn't quite, no. Um, no, that was that was funny and slightly embarrassing, but awesome, awesome, yeah. Doff Spinners, of course, brought to you by the Beer Spot. Five locations across Auckland pouring 40 different beers on tap and a rotation of food trucks. In the Morningside outlet this week, we have the Citizen Collective as the brew buddy and the famous, famous white lady serving up the the sort of dirtiest, most delicious burgers, cheese sandwiches you can get in Auckland. So go and visit, prepare yourself for a uh, big week ahead. So I want to ask you, because uh, we are... um you know, both Simon and I are both in this position where uh, we're deeply passionate about about the game of cricket, 
and yet that passion is getting in the way of us doing our real jobs. Uh, so how, how did you make that passion your real job? How did that even come about in the first place? Oh, I'd love to say that I had a strategy and a plan, but um, <laughs> someone from Sparksport just gave me a call <laughs> and said, hey, would you like to come in for a chat? That was it. 021-884-067 is my number, <laughs> Sparksport. If you want to give me a call for a, a chat, I will happily come in. I'm almost sure I'm cheaper than Sonia. Um, it's probably so true. You, I would pay you a lot less than I would pay Sonia. Would work Definitely. for free. You know? I would probably, you know, don't tell them this, I'll probably have done it for free. Free entry. was. Uh, I was just so excited when I got my lanyard with my access all areas, almost all areas. Mm. Like that is that was something. That's the, that's the thing I find quite funny about. I've worked at a, a couple of games. Um, the first pink ball test in Adelaide, uh, covered it for the spin-off um, when I was a freelancer. And then on staff, I covered the first pink ball test at Eden Park. And I was so proud of my lanyard and we'd take a wicket and I'd be in the uh, in the press box sort of jumping up out of my seat like, come on, and then sort of slide back down, <laughs> like really embarrassed. Like, yeah. It was really difficult being a fan and a journalist. I it guess is, I was a journalist at the same time. And that's what's made me think I'm probably more of a fan mm, because mm. I noticed in the com box, now what was it, was the T20 in Dunedin against Pakistan, I'm going to say. I hope I didn't get this wrong. Anyway, the, it was down to the final over. Jimmy Neesham was bowling, um, and I can't remember what they had to get. Let's say it was eight. And I was so nervous. I was just like, hand over the eye, I couldn't. And all the others are lined up. You know, you've got Brendan McCullum, McMillan, just Fleming, and they're just so nonchalant and chilled out. And I'm like, guys, do you, this is this is major. And but I said, Baz, don't you get nervous? And he's like, nah. Nah, well, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing we can do. And I thought, oh, okay, so he's just here in his role as a commentator. But I do wonder about that. I mean, because if you'd been in that situation before, as as all of them would have been as players, uh, maybe uh, maybe you don't get why those situations are so nerve-wracking for people watching at home in the same way because, you know, it has been their day job, whereas you would have been yeah. in a position where you... Uh, might have been able to translate the passion of the fans a bit more in that sense. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I was just really shocked. And then I, after the game had finished and we won, awesome, and I went down and interviewed Jimmy Neesham and I said, look, I was up there in the commentary box freaking out. <laughs> you looked quite calm. You mustn't have been on the inside. And he's like, no, I've just had a job to do. I'm like, what, you, you're asked to bowl the final over and by your captain like this is, you know. Mm. And he said, no, like after you've lost a World Cup final. <laughs> nothing, nothing matters anymore. Nothing matters. Like, well, whatever. <laughs> whatever. In, T20 in Dunedin. Like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah, give me the ball. Throw me the ball. Because I remember the footage of Brendan McCullum and Ian Smith and Ian Bishop in um, the Lord's commentary box, and they weren't calm. Like, they were yeah. – that was a different mm. situation, and I think oh, they still – would have ever been in a situation remotely like that Those rare sure. yeah. situations they still get. Like it comes back that deep, deep passion. Yeah, that was because that was major, and that was just literally a game would have been a game changer. Great call by Ian Smith, I think, as well. That that final, yeah, wasn't it? The final fifteen minutes, they just left him to it. They just said, "You go." 
Did you sort of worry at all about, I mean, it's something that we've noticed watching this series is that um, the commentators for both countries seem to be quite one-eyed a lot of the time and sort of quite by, did you find that, uh, you know, there's, there's passion on the one hand, but did you find that you had to work to stop that veering into into bias or no or? no because I just really wanted to do a good job <laughs> and I wanted the players to like me so I was really positive right, about everything right, right. I was yeah never and I was I think you know if I was watching at home I would have been more um or, or as a spectator in the stand would have been more come on New Zealand but just to be there was just in that role was so exciting that I kind of wanted to see everyone do well mm, you know mm. sort of yeah, yeah, it was it was cool. So back to Edgbaston. Yeah, how do you rate your personal performance uh, as a fan for the second test? How much of the game did you watch live? Are you talking to me? I'm talking talking to Alex. Oh yeah, you're looking at Alex. He's got a, he's got a, he's got a, I'm he's looking got a guilty, guilty actually. Uh, I was uh, I was away uh, with my lovely partner for our anniversary, uh, and so my personal performance for this test was uh, very poor. Very poor. Uh, I watched a highlights package each morning uh, and none of the rest of it. Wow, not one live delivery? Oh, except the final night. I, okay. I watched the final night live because, you know, we were, <laughs> it looked like it was going to finish quickly. And then, <laughs> <laughs> How yeah. funny was that? I couldn't stop laughing when Trent Bolt uh, took that wicket. Was laughing? Why, why laughing? It just seemed so funny that they yeah. warmed up, oh, walked yeah, I out know, there, took I their know. positions, you know, took guard, you know, and then... First boy, everyone goes back off. I think it was hilarious. Because so much of English cricket fandom seems to be based on collective suffering, I think this is going to go down as a really iconic moment for, for the, the cricket community of that country. You know, for everyone who bought a ticket to day four of an Edgebaston test thinking, you know, this is our fortress, we're going to be amazing. And then to see one ball of the innings, <laughs> literally one ball, it's going to be... You know, they're going to talk but about this got, for years. But they got to watch, who was it, Stone and Anderson warm up for an hour probably. That's and true. So, yep, you yep. know. See the heroes in the flesh. Yep. <laughs> yeah, they're getting a bit of a hiding in the media, aren't they? And I feel yeah, for them. And I just, yeah. I mean, you say that the commentators are one-eyed, but I think they were pretty tough against the English. They were. Um, Nasser Hussain Nasser especially. Nasser Hussain was tough. Yeah, they were yeah. tough against poor James Bracey, who mm. re- I don't really think should have been brought in as he wasn't ready to be mm. with the keeper. Mm. You know, it's Imagine a, having your only test cricket experience be a kind of really sad one. I know. Like your yeah. only memory yeah. of playing test cricket for your country is like heartbreaking. Yeah. I know. I mean, I, I didn't think he was that bad, but it was like once they focused on a couple of missed catches, it just, that you know, that was just became the narrative. And the poor guy just... He lost it, didn't mm, he? Mm. Well, um, there was a, a montage after after it all finished where it showed uh, not just his dropped catches, but his general kind of fumbling as well. Yeah, and but, it did it did make you realise, like, oh, okay, actually, Watling or a keeper like Watling is amazing because you literally never see those not, sorts yeah, of that's, mistakes that's very happening. True. But you don't notice them when it's a really good keeper. You only notice them when it's someone who's. Good-ish, yeah. but not quite good enough. But such, he also a... got two ducks and one eight. Like... I know, I know, yeah, I know. <laughs> Across the, the series, the pair was yeah. was was sad, and he, we did got the cheer when he when he scored. His, and what an amazing, runs. what an amazing crowd! It looks like so much fun to watch cricket there. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and it was sunny, and they were drinking in the morning, and I know. Mm. oh. 
Yeah, in fact, uh, this um this sort of series could be a little bit of England's kind of coming out of COVID uh, moment as well. I think. I mean, they haven't really had crowds at any sporting event no. for for well over a year now, and so I think what did they have something like seventeen thousand or, or thereabouts each day. That's you know that could be quite a significant moment for them, uh, mm. you know. And it looked like there were some people there that had never watched a delivery in their life, and were just like, <laughs> "I just want to go to something." Yeah. <laughs> Is this a concert? Quite yeah, possible. No matter, I'm yeah. just going to be yeah. here and drink my Sav Blanc. <laughs> so, what percentage of the test match do you think you watched live? Oh, look, so? I wasn't great. Um, I did. I stayed up as late as I could sort of until about midnight each night and then I went to bed with my device and I just sort of woke. Well, I might as well have stayed up because I mm. keep waking up, turning it on, watching a couple of overs. Um, and I was pissed that I didn't stay up for, what was it, day two, when, when they collapsed. Because I went, oh, yeah, the lunch yeah. break is really problematic. Yes, the Twi- lunch when it, break, When it happens at midnight yes. and it's like 40 minutes and like, what am I going to do? Yeah. You know? And you, mm. oh, you just go to bed. Uh, yeah, and, exactly. But twice uh, over that test match um, after the first day where they were, the first time England uh, made it to the lunch break without looking losing a wicket for a very long time. And you thought that was a pretty average session for New Zealand. And then you wake up in the morning and they're seven down. Seven down, yeah. And then um, the following, for, so day three, you go to bed um, and we were batting and you wake up in the morning and they were nine down. Yeah. Mm. So that was, uh, yeah. that was quite a good feeling. It was a good feeling. But then you're like, oh, just could I, I, just could I, should I have stayed up? Oh, no. But can we, can we talk about Devin Conway? Oh, of course. Please. Can we? Yeah, yeah. Who does that? How long have you been following his his kind of rise? Mm, not to be honest, really, not that long. I mean, I, you know, a few years, mm, I guess. Mm. But um, I guess probably heard you know, about like, it in the same well, time as the rest of us. Yeah, when. exactly. <laughs> yeah, kind of waiting for him to be eligible to play, and yeah. then kind of think. I mean, like everyone, I kind of thought. Oh, I mean, he's good at domestic level, and he's you know um, dominated it, but. This big step up, and he's just so calm, mm. and he's just got a great cricket brain. And I mean, to go your first Test match at Lords, score, you know, like who does that? It's very cool. Yeah, it's Honours very cool. Board off in your first Test match. I thought there were some really interesting shots during both games. Actually, um, the bits that I did see live, there were some really interesting shots of. Uh, when the New Zealand team was batting, but neither him nor Williamson was in, you'd, you'd sort of really frequently see them sitting together, just oh, yes. deep in conversation, yeah. really deep in conversation about presumably cricket. But I mean, it did it did sort of have that um, that real meeting of the minds kind of look to it. Yeah. Those sort of images, and um, you do wonder if maybe Kane Williamson has found his match, and that there's another person who's as big a cricket nerd in the team as him. Well, I said to someone the other day, Devin Conway does Kane Williamson better than Kane Williamson. <laughs> you know, like he plays Kane Williamson like better than Kane Williamson does. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just that rotation of the strike and the soft hands and the just, you know, ball by ball, playing each ball on its merits, not getting overawed by anything. Mm. So, you know, they asked him, you know, how did you feel um, – just before you got your century and then Bush just before you got double century and he's like, yeah, it was fine, you know, just a job to do, just got to watch the ball play on his It's like, how do you stay that calm? Mm, mm, mm. And that is, that is a champion 
That's why we're not champions. <laughs> I mean, it, also talent, we, we don't have. I'm, a, I'm making an assumption here, obviously. Ta- talentless. Talentless. Yeah. But also, Usually. I'm guessing that our collective brains could not stay calm and focused in that if we were sitting on one. Oh, absolutely not. Whatever. Absolutely or 99 not. Or, yeah. We'd no. be like, oh, my God, now this, oh, I would jump ahead. I'd be mm. like, imagine if I'm, I'd have my name on the honours board and I'd, I'd be like, don't screw it up, don't screw it up. I'd screw it up. Totally. See, I remember playing, like, I'd, I'm the exact opposite of that. It's, like, so stressed out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember playing in our little uh, T20 league um, at the Domain and um, a guy who had um, poorly treated one of my female friends was bowling to me. So I'm going to crush you for six, man. Like, I was getting so amped up about it. And he bowled me first ball. And it, was the, oh, it was the most disappointing yeah. thing that's so happened. So you needed time. to don Devin Conway's yeah, hat and yeah. just go, this is just any guy. Detach myself. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. Hit him yeah. For six. I'm just going to watch the ball. Yeah, and then hit him for six. Because my approach certainly didn't work. <laughs> um, the other thing that I found really interesting about the. Um, the post-match, and, and just speaking of Williamson before, he seemed like the most pure-hearted weirdo you could possibly imagine. Like, he was just walking around wearing BJ Watling's shirt mm, for some wasn't reason. Wasn't that lovely? Uh, and, he, and lovely when he actually hugged BJ Watling wearing Watling's yeah, shirt. You know, yeah, it was like, yeah. And, and made, a, made a really... Um, made a point of, of putting Tom Latham's necklace around his neck as, you know... His medal. Uh, his medal, yeah. Yeah, yeah, his <laughs> necklace. <laughs> I don't know why I called it that. Um, but, you know, and, and sort of then standing off to the side so Latham could take centre stage and, and just... I watched so, him too, actually, and so I wondered what for, was think going through his mind. Well, yeah, because it's an interesting one in a way where, you know, Latham has just come in and, and won a test match as captain. Uh, in, some, in some sports teams, in, in any sort of organisation, really, when you, uh, when you give up your spot for whatever reason and then someone else comes in and has massive success in it, that's going to theoretically, um, you know, it, it seems like theoretically that is the sort of situation that could cause some tension, except for, for Kane Williamson, it seemed like he couldn't have been more thrilled for someone yeah. else to be able to have that success and it just... Uh, he also so was Kane Williamson, you know, arguably the best in the world, so it would take quite yeah, a lot yeah, to, yeah, Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, and I was interested to see that as well, and I thought it was lovely. And I think that just goes to the, the character of the team. I mean, they just they just seem to have this depth of character. You know, they just are a real unit, mm. and they want the best for each other, and that's how you win, you know? And just unbelievable depth as well. Mm. I think that well, could be yeah. our next yeah. uh, sort of topic is who goes Who do you drop? Oh, to, I, I mean, actually who, wrote, oh, I've got my team. I even made notes. Yeah. Oh, do you, do you want to, while I'm finding it, do you want to tell I'm me I'm standing what you think? by, that which what I talked about last time, the six batsmen and five bowlers. Yeah, I've come around to that idea because I think you need to play Wagner because you just need to play the test specialists. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you've got you've got to play Wagner. Know? Yeah, but I still don't think it'll happen. I don't think. Oh, interesting. I think they'll pick an all rounder. I don't. I hope no. not. No, I mean I love Des Mitchell and I love Colin de Gronholm, but I just don't think there's a spot for them in this side. Mm. Um, and I don't think Mitchell Santner's good no, enough at no. batting or bowling. Because hello, Ajay Patel. Oh, yeah, he was awesome actually. Up the bus. Yeah. I yeah. was so proud of him. Yeah. <laughs> never, I never met the guy, but um, I just I loved seeing him just come in there and just be confident and 
take a couple of wickets and batted well. And well, he's a, I wonder if a, a big part of it, he's quite a bit older than, you know, he's played about 11 test matches now, I think. So he's not, he's not completely inexperienced, but he's about 32 years old, which is not young for someone who's really starting their international career in a meaningful sense. But it seems like he's got something similar to what a spinner like uh, Hirath from Sri Lanka had who who took most of his wickets after the age of 30 where all of a sudden the, uh, something just clicks mm, and they, yeah. they figure out a way to uh, basically to make batsmen do dumb shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're very so, close. He's 32 and he's played nine matches. Okay. That's not well, bad. I, yeah, it's yeah, very, you know, very I try. good. What I, I really <laughs> loved about... Patel's inclusion in the team was despite the fact that he's both statistically and sort of clearly a worse better than Trent Bolt, they let Trent hold on to his, you know, his position at number 11. <laughs> it is, it's like his special <laughs> yeah, was... place. You know, that that is a uh, – I, th- I think if memory serves me right, Trent Bolt's the best number 11 of all time I think you're right, yeah, because he can – what did you get? Twelve or something? I think you got a nod out as Huge. well. You know, just adds to the uh, adds to the average. Yeah, yeah. Just tack it yeah. straight onto the average. So you're you're picking Patel then for the last game? Yeah, uh, I am. Any, so any surprises? In, no, in your I've got. Oh, this is my this is my eleven. Uh, Latham, Conway, Williamson, Nichols, Taylor, Watling, Jamison, Southey, Patel, Wagner, Bolt. And I mean, Patel, you know, they can swap around. I think down I'd, there. I'd, I'd have that exact team, except I'd move Wagner up to number four. I reckon, you know, <laughs> play some shots. You know, keep. He was it, looking pretty good, wasn't moving, he? At that but first I, yeah. I think that's exactly what I'd pick. There was well. an amazing tweet that the only two positions Neil Wagner hasn't batted at for New Zealanders opening and four. Well, now's right? the time. Yeah, now's yeah. the time. Well, they should have done it. Let's uh, just try it out, eh? They should have <laughs> done it last night of, all, of yeah. all the time. Yeah. Then I had the conundrum of you leaving out Matt Henry, who was player of the series. Like, yeah. In what universe are we living in that a, a New Zealand player gets player of the series? Player of the him? match. Player of player the match. Of the, I just want to go bigger. Mm. Yeah. Bigger for match. Yeah. But yeah. Okay, Conway player, was player of player, the series. You're, you're so right. You're so right. I'm just getting so excited <laughs> for Matt Henry. And then we, 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 there's no space for him. Well, he was fantastic, but I mean. Oh, hang on. We don't know that yet. This is oh, I mean, in my totally, mind. totally. Select a Sonia. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I sort of I looked around at some stats on, on Henry, and his numbers are astonishingly good when he is uh, the first or the second bowler used in a test match. Uh, when he's third, fourth, fifth bowler used, uh, you know, you keep going down, the average blows out, basically. Oh, okay. And I, I've, I feel like I've seen uh, a similar sort of analysis of his domestic record on on Twitter. I can't remember who the Twitter user was who put that out. But basically the thing is, is that he's a new ball bowler or he's a, and he's no a bit of a trundler. Yeah. And that's exactly it. Yeah. Do, you, do you drop Bolt? Do you drop Southey? I mean, they no, both bowled incredibly well. There's some suggestion maybe that you bring Henry in for Wagner, but that's not really a like no, for like. No. You know? No. Because Wagner gets so many wickets with the old ball. And I think it's worth noting, and it was raised in the test, and I'm I'm really proud of Matt for sort of responding to this in, in such a meaningful way, but he is statistically the worst New Zealand test bowler ever 
to have played 10 matches. Wow. Yeah, let's talk about wow. when he's played those 10 matches. He's, though. he's probably so had, Yeah, he's probably had, you know, years between some of them. Like, how do you yeah. get any? But, yeah, fair point. Are we talking, like, I don't know, Shane O'Connor or... Jeff Ellett, or I don't God, know. I'm, really just, I'm pulling out names out yeah, of nowhere. I don't know if they've even Jeff got bad Ellett. records. Jeff Gosh, was a blast. They've probably got quite good records, but that just seems bizarre. That Matt Henry, he's a good bowler. Jeff he, Ellett took as many bowler, wickets but... as Shane Warne in the 1992 Cricket World, 1999 Cricket World I Cup. I take that back. I take that back. Both, uh, they were the top wicket takers. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, does that does that maybe point to where Matt Henry's future is, though? Is is he just waiting on a retirement? Does he does he need or an, another injury? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He's a very good white ball. Like his average is almost ten runs lower with a white ball. Mm, mm. Um, he had a great a season over at the Big Bash. A great couple of games, but you know, <laughs> over the Big Bash in Australia, but they were legendary. You know, right? He's right. yeah. When he's good, he's great, but he can be. Really bad, you know. Mm. If he's not uh, not on his day, so I just don't. I just don't see him making the. Yeah, the not living. not with this, as you say, this depth. Yeah, we're in a really great. Um, we're leaving out Will Young, who scored probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, and you he know, pretty good for it too. Apart from that early let off, uh, what was yeah. it on seven or something like that? Yeah. And, um, what was that? A dropped? Was that dropped? It catch? was one of the many dropped yeah. catches. So many dropped catches. Down. You know, Absolute you hear it as a very small. As a young boy, catches win matches. Mm, and mm. It's never been proved mm. more right than in, in that game. Mm. And also the the catch uh, that wasn't a catch, according to the third umpire from Conway, Zach Crawley took Zach it Crawley, in the slips. Yeah, yeah. But I thought that was really, really interesting because um, Twitter's just been amazing for this series as well, actually. Just so many stats and uh, debates going on. But I was like... So sure that the ball sort of slid along the ground into his hand. Absolutely, yeah. And all the English fans tweeting about it were so certain that it just went straight Isn't into his hand. Yeah, oh, what you see from your bias position of the players was um was a little bit disheartening. Actually, the England players they were adamant that it was a catch, and uh, you know that was that was what they were saying. And in this exact same game. Uh, there was a similar low, close to the ground catch that Ross Taylor no, took. That was a game before. Oh, was it the game was before? Lords? Uh, my mistake, my mistake. Doesn't matter. It's but, you know, same series. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, you know, they would have had this example very recent in their memory. He immediately says, I think I've caught it, go upstairs anyway. You know? And it's it's that sort of thing where you think, well, if there is actually that sort of doubt, surely... Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that the fielder in the English side was lying about thinking they caught it, but surely they must have been aware of the doubt. And and same with Stuart Broad the bowler. I mean, do you really have to play in that sort of in that sort of way? Well, it didn't work out for them, really, didn't it? No. It, made me think, <laughs> it really made me think Stuart Broad was a dick, and then I couldn't stop thinking about it all match and all his reactions. Yes. He really wanted to win, didn't he? And he was so dark when he did it. Mm. He was gutted. Mm. And it's just very revealing to me that his dad was the match referee. Like, he just looks like a guy whose dad would be involved in the official. Yeah. Isn't that? Yeah, that is so true. He's very good and has an incredible oh, yeah. record, but he it was feels a like he, got, he only got picked because his dad's involved. That's, you know, that's what I've been like at high school for Stuart Broad. I wonder if his dad's ever find him for dissent. Well, I think he's actually going to have to find him for that uh, display of dissent to the umpires after that yeah, maybe decision around Zach Crawley. Cut his pocket money. 
making tidy his room. <laughs> he he did work. Broad was was great though. I don't. I'm not a big fan either after that. But um, he was great. And Anderson was pretty good. Yeah. But you know, they're they're um, veteran bowlers. Mark Wood was great ish. They were good, but they're batting. They're batting. So weak. So weak. And, and so and scared looking. It, it, terrified. It, it reminded me so much of uh, of when you uh, when you turn New Zealand on back in the day and see yes. someone like Tim McIntosh and, and be putting I don't all even of remember your hopes who in, Tim McIntosh is. Oh, I don't know. Again, another name it I've just pulled out of real. He's definitely real. Oh, I, I can assure you I have some very bad memories was he of an, watching. Was he one of the, like, 400 opening He was one of the many, oh, many yeah. openers oh, that goodness. we use in that. You know, Aaron Redmond, I want to say, is another Michael one. Michael Paps. Michael Paps, Michael Paps yeah. That's right. We can't wrap up without Dual Watch. Oh, Dual Watch. What's he up to now? So I um, was looking through Twitter to see if there was any reaction to the brief foray that Michael Holding and Simon Dool did into politics. Mm. They started mm. talking about the COVID response. Um, but when I was looking for that, I accidentally went down a rabbit hole of people who are obsessed by Simon Dool's uh, appearance being exactly the same as Syrian dictator Bashar al-Assad. <laughs> <laughs> and that was weird. There are like lots of things written about how similar Simon Dool is to Bashar al-Assad. Is it the chain? The is chain the, is pretty amazing. I think help. it's more the, f- the face. The, like, the oh, nose. okay, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. They do, like, yeah. the, the, go- the goatee. I actually think Dooley's looking good. I, I had a friend in England who was at the game and texted me and was like, can you talk to Simon Dool sort out his appearance? And I was like, oh, I think he's looking good. I, I thought last night especially he, he, he had, like, this blue shirt and interesting yeah. jacket combination yeah. going yeah. on. Oh, I think his chain just needs to be a little bit longer. We've got matching chains, actually. We were it's, at, at it's Hamilton. Okay I've got that chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we told the, the executive producer that we'd bought them together. They were like a little, you know, his and hers <laughs> thing. And never told him that that wasn't true. So it's probably still going, How, why, where were they? And what in Hamilton buying two matching gold chains? Dooley. So that's Love Dool Watch for another week. And, of course, <laughs> Dool Watch and the Offspin in its entirety is brought to you by the best bot, we're so very grateful for their support of the podcast. Go visit one of their five spots across Auckland. Ours is in the, at Morningside. You might bump into us there. Mm. Uh, you know, we'll mm. give you an autograph. Um, Will we? I, I would. Yeah, you would. Yeah, you I would. would. I've, I could tell the story about being in India and being mistaken yeah, as a black cat again. Yeah, again. I think I've told again. it four times uh, already. Oh, what was that story? I don't know if I've heard that one before. I was in India wearing my 1992 Cricket World Cup shirt and um, I was at a restaurant and I was approached by um, a young a young boy who thought I was a player and he wanted my autograph and eventually there was this huge line of people collecting That's my autograph. That's so awesome. Yeah. I didn't, hadn't heard that story. But I just want to know sure which black cat. I'm sure told you that story on the last podcast. Oh. <laughs> he told me the David Warner story, but, um, okay. Not, okay. but I, which black cat? I'm not sure who Simon Dool. was. Simon Dool. <laughs> Might have been. Jokes, no. But short. There's a beautiful, actually, uh, replay they showed last night of Simon Dool clean bowling Nasser Hussein in 1999. Mm. That was good. Mm. That was good. Um, Dooley does refer to his time bowling a lot, doesn't he? In the, <laughs> just sort of, you know, like, I just, yeah. <laughs> the thing is, guys, it's really hard as a fast bowler. And you're like, oh, here we go. Yep. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, we really do need to wrap it up there. Uh, and we were going to talk about India a bit, but actually we can talk about that on Friday when we do a preview episode for our uh, great voyage into the unknown, our descent into madness of staying up for the entire game. 
uh, and then podcasting each morning the next day as it comes out. So please go to the Offspin page on Spotify or wherever and subscribe to it so uh, you get our increasingly deranged rantings uh, each morning as they come out. It's really excited. Friday is my birthday as well, so the game starts oh, on my birthday. How good. Mm. How good. And I'd love to thank Sonia for coming in. Oh, it was my pleasure. Sharing your thoughts it's, with no, us. No, it's been, it's, a, it's beautiful to share this beautiful time as a cricket fan mm. with fellow fans. Mm. So, Absolutely. Thank and thank you for Jonathan for producing today and um, fact-checking as well. It's a definite uh, growth in the quality of the podcast. Yeah. I uh, have lots of opinions too. Jona- <laughs> Jonathan is uh, a future guest for sure. Yeah. And thank you to the Beer Spot. Thank you to Spinoff members. And that's us until Friday. Kia ora e te iwi. Te Butler here, podcast manager at the Spinoff. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spinoff member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.